0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.
2: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNbet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and
2: sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is. I got to remember to do better on my game, like be closer to the mic, because I was listening after on one of the uploads just for like QC, you know, quality control. And I'm hecka quiet. You're nice level, but it's because I'm doing this. So I got to be cognizant of that. It's the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Packers are fixing to pull out all the stops. Not only are they purportedly working on a deal that would pay Aaron Rodgers upwards of $45 million a year to potentially close out his NFL career, but they just hired his quarterback's coach that helped him win a Super Bowl in the 2010 season, Tom Clements, who also, for what it's worth, just got done turning Kyler Murray into a toolsy coveted number one overall pick into a perennial pro bowler.
1: How do you interpret this move, Zach? And how should Bronco fans interpret it? How how else is there to interpret it though? They didn't just rehire Tom Clements, they pulled him out of retirement. He spent last year out of football, and he's an older coach, I believe, and now he's working back for the Packers once again. This is all for Aaron. This is another ploy. It's another last-ditch effort on the Packers' part to say, here's as many olive branches as you crave, Aaron. Please come back to us. Please retire a Packer. I mentioned this on Kelberman's Corner earlier today, and I appreciate everyone tuning in with me on that segment. Uh, that they don't want another Brett Favre to play out in Green Bay. They don't want their future Hall of Fame quarterback to ever wear another team's colors. They don't want an unceremonious trade or departure. They want Aaron to stay in Green Bay and hopefully finally get over the hump and win another ring with them and the current management there. So uh, they're going to try their best, but ultimately it's up to Aaron Rodgers what he wants to do. We talked about this before. If Aaron decides that he wants out, he will make that known. And he pretty much... Holds a lot of the power, a lot of the cards in that situation, and he would force his way out. But between you mentioned, the contract offer could be forty-five or fifty million a year on a two-year deal, pulling Clements back. I'm sure giving Rogers more personnel power and input in terms of what the team is going to do or who is going to uh, play with and who they're going to pay, namely Devonte Adams. This is just another move in their uh, in their war chest to say, "Please, Aaron, don't leave us."
2: They would be absolute fools to not do everything within their power to keep him around. And I get it. You know, they maybe Brian Gutekunst didn't realize that by drafting Jordan Love and not using that, I mean, it's bad enough that it was a quarterback, but by not using that pick as a means with which to give Aaron, pardon me, a better shot to compete and push for a title. I mean, Who knows, Zach, if Brian Gutekunst doesn't draft Jordan Love in the first round a couple years back, maybe it's not 0-3 in the NFC title game uh, for Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Maybe at least in one of them, whoever that first round pick is that they passed on to take Jordan Love is the difference to getting over the hump. But be that as it may, Gutekunst maybe didn't realize how bad that was going to upset Rodgers, but that's on him for not involving his future Hall of Fame quarterback on some level. in, hey, you know, here's what we're kind of angling for in the draft. Uh, but now, you know, the, the the milk has been spilled. But as my father taught me, nothing rings the bell. You can go out and you can hire coaches. You can um, fill the stadium full in the offseason, bring everybody from Wisconsin, and bow down and kiss his shoes if you're a uh, or uh, Murphy. But nothing rings the bell like money show this dude, make this dude an offer he can't refuse, and then onwards and upwards. Kevin, thank you for that that super chat, my dog.
1: Appreciate you. That's the theory. Some people think the Packers are making all these sweetheart moves with Aaron and playing footsie with him and and being willing to do anything and everything that he wants – uh, because if he turns them down or he decides that he wants out, the Packers, from a PR public standpoint, can say, listen, we offered him $45 million, $50 million a year. We hired back his former uh, revered quarterback's coach. We're willing to, I don't know, pay Devontae Adams or whoever Aaron wants to play with. They brought in Randall Cobb last year because Aaron wanted uh, them too." so... If he still says no and wants to play in Denver, for example, it's it's nothing more they can do. So it's a posture thing. It's a leverage thing. And they don't have much of it, considering that the deal they made with Aaron last year allowed him to essentially pick what he wants to do, where he wants to go, and who he wants to play with in 2022.
2: Man, wouldn't it be interesting? What's up, Howie Freaking Day? Appreciate you, Big Dog. Good to see you in the chat. Wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall of – that conversation when, you know, Aaron's holding out, he's not coming back to camp. It's looking like it's going to be love, you know, you don't want to trade him, but you kind of have to move forward with some sort of a contingency in place because Aaron's not there. And then finally you have a sit down to try and convince Aaron, come back. I wish I could have been in on that because we've heard reports that, you know, they offered him some modicum of assurances that will take a look at your situation after the season, you know, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, though, I would have wanted something in writing, and I'm sure he's smart enough to have done that. But if he did get something in writing, Zach, that is to the effect of, "Hey, after I win my fourth NFL MVP and I take some time to kind of mull over what I want to do, if what I want to do is get the Sam Hill out of Dodge, I don't need your permission anymore. Right. You just have to sign off on the on the on the uh, capital right on the whatever the trade." You know, items are. You just have to sign off on that, but I doubt it drilled down perhaps that far in in depth.
1: Well, essentially Aaron Rodgers is his own general manager because you lay out the terms. Again, if he decides uh, that he wants to play elsewhere, he wants to continue his playing career number one, but he wants to play elsewhere, get out of Green Bay, then that's what they're going to have to uh, do. They're going to have to acquiesce to Aaron's whims because that's the deal they agreed to. And they don't want to be perceived to lose face because Aaron's a very petty guy and a very spiteful guy, it sounds like. So he would have no problem coming out and blasting the Packers and leaking the internal uh, conversations that they've had. So like everything else, Chad, we have to see how it affects the situation, how it plays out. Fortunately, thank God, we'll have an answer from Aaron by, I don't know, March 5th. March before free agency on March 16th, Aaron says he'll decide. So a couple weeks now, let's put a pin in that for
2: a moment. This was an interesting little nugget that popped up over the last week or so. And forgive me, silent one. I can't remember who in the media floated this Uh, either way. What he says, silent one here is that George Payton asked Eric B enemy in his interview. Remember, he was one of the 10 interviews for Broncos head coach about Patrick Mahomes and enemy arguing on the sideline in a game against the Broncos, and enemy's response was a red flag. That has been uh, – that came out, for what it's worth, the mouthpieces. And I say that in the most respectful sense. Like Benjamin Albright, who actually works for the Denver Broncos, said that that was BS, that there was no, no one thing enemy said that made them want to go a different direction. But take it for what it's worth. Um, we told you guys – I had a little birdie that was telling me from Kansas city. Okay. That, uh, the enemy, they were just counting the minutes Zach, to where they could promote Mike Kafka and that the enemy had kind of not so much worn out as welcome, but it just wasn't a fit anymore, you know, and turned out that, uh, he wasn't a fit in Denver. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of rumors going around right now. There was one where supposedly Patrick Mahomes asked Brittany, Mahomes or Brittany. I don't know her last name and Jackson Mahomes to not attend games. That was uh proven false. Mahomes came out and denied that there was also the, uh, did you hear about the Tom Brady, Bruce Arians rumor that there was no. tension and he took a red pen supposedly to the game plans between Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. And that was the reason or one of the reasons why Tom Brady retired. All these things are floating out there right now. Um, we don't, we do know for a fact Essentially, that Eric Bianami does not interview well. That's been the rap right. on him. It's never really been a race thing. It's or a uh, a merit thing. He's earned the the job on paper. But He's earned he the go- look, right? He's earned the opportunity to be considered. But when he goes to interview, apparently he's not saying the right thing. I heard that he's been very incomplete in his presentations to uh, teams, and uh, he doesn't really have a plan. And that blow up with Mahomes, that one against the Broncos, that was actually caught on video. There was a shot of Mahomes on the sideline. I think he says, like, call it or I'll call it or effing call it. I mean there is a legitimate tension, but that happens between coaches and players more often than not. So I don't think it's an overarching factor in the impending Kansas City implosion. But it is interesting you mentioned Mike Kafka. They let him go fairly easily now. He's the OC in uh right. New York under Brian Dayball and they kept Eric Bienemi. I think he's a free agent though. Or I think he hasn't signed uh um, enemies, I think his uh, contracts up. Yeah, he might yeah. come back on a one year deal, but
2: there there was something going on there, some kind of bad chemistry. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe I misread the wrong tweet on. Uh, a, it was a quote tweet I remember seeing from Ben, uh, but Silence says for what it's worth, Albright came out and said that he can verify ninety percent of the entire Arrowhead editorial that piece, piece. Wild. Did you see that before they took it down? No, I didn't.
1: I just saw snippets on Twitter oh, the people cut, you know, screen grabbed or whatever. I did see that Albright said he can verify some of it but like other uh parts of it were indulged a little you know it was it was uh, made up and embellished but uh where there's smoke there's fire you know so yeah. I what think I saw
2: cool. was something to the effect of there wasn't one specific thing B enemy did or said that disqualified him it was like you know the overall body of yeah. of uh, the interview Christian good to see you, my dog. This is a Bronco fan truly embedded in enemy territory in Las Vegas. <clears throat> Pardon me. Appreciate you. He says, love to do a super chat segment with you guys, but I don't feel comfortable doing it in front of the whole community. I have a case of stage fright. Well, you know, if that's something that uh, interests you, then you got to get over that. You know, it's like it's like saying, hey, I want to be a rock star, but I pass out on stage. Uh, there was a very famous rock band. What? Who was it? Uh I'm not, I'm not much of a metal guy, but Slipknot, was it Slipknot? No, Lincoln Park, their original uh, singer vocalist, not the rap dude, but the original singer guy, because they're from LA and the guy Chester came from Arizona and they ended up looking for a different singer, Zach, because he had stage fright. Their original singer was great in the studio and practice, but they get up on the stage for a performance and whether it was people on the um, you know, in the room or like A&R guys from record labels coming to check him out or whatever, then he would like clam up and made the whole band look bad. So if you want, you know, if you want that carrot, you just got to overcome it, big dog. And Zach and I, we can help you, you know, feel at home. It's just three guys sitting at the uh,
1: the, the virtual bar, as it were, you know, talking some football. Yeah, I mean you got me thinking about music now. It's like, you know, knees weak, palms are sweaty, their sweater on my bobbing <laughs> on my sweater already, mom's spaghetti. And you know, it's true, it's it's tough to get on here and and talk at first, but like anything else with some practice, uh you, you uh you get over that fear and it's fun. We're just talking about the Broncos and talking about football. We're all we all know each other, we're all having a good time. So if you feel like that's something you can do, then we'd like to have you on.
2: Yeah, we definitely would like to have you on. And there's a lot of uh, time to go between now and when the season starts where we can fit these segments in. Um, but I'll tell you this one last thing and then we'll grab Andrew. When I first started doing live anything, you know, we do like live streams to the Facebook page. Um, when it was just me solo, the first, like, I don't know. And I, I have, I have a history of performance. All right. So it's not like I was completely new to the, the, all right, here we go. All eyes on me. But I remember the first, I don't know, three, four, five times I did it. I'd have right as I'm hitting that go live man like a like a flash you know like a surge of the butterflies that would kind of matriculate through my system.
1: Remember flash? the countdown too on the Facebook Bird, right? live yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it makes it worse. And uh,
2: but you know you get talking as long as you kind of have something to focus your mind on. Then to me that was never a problem. And yeah. as Zach said, it's all about repetitions. no different than what we do, what you do in your daily life for a living uh, repetition is how you get better. Andrew Baker, love you, bud. He says, to put an end of the lock talk, yes, he had his chance, but no, it wasn't a fair contest between Teddy and with how Vic felt towards Drew and trying to save his head coaching job. So if we bring another retread quarterback, it should be a fair contest this time. Hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate you, big dog. Uh, We'll see, man. I don't know. I I don't know. Is there truly a unbiased open competition at quarterback in any NFL city. I think coaches have a natural kind of predisposition, but it's up to the players in question to overwhelmingly uh, rebut it, right? Like in Drew Locke's case, he had a really, really good first game. Well, in the preseason, Zach, then Teddy comes in has a pretty good game. Was it as explosive? No, but he wow. was very productive, very on point. And then was it right before the third one they announced, right? They just gave it to Teddy. That was that. So that was conspicuous, but um,
1: I don't know. It was up to Drew to just make it a no-brainer, and he couldn't quite do that. But was there anything he could have done? Looking back on it, Chad, I was going to say to your point, there's coaches that who have biases towards certain quarterbacks, or you know, subtly, subconsciously want a quarterback to win. But I have never seen a head coach so outwardly detest his quarterback like Vic Fangio acted toward Drew Locke, Chad, it was borderline. It was way unprofessional. It was just, it was not right at all in that field where he would come out publicly and show his clear bias and clear favor toward Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but like you said, he didn't, I guess he didn't do enough to stamp down that job, but I just questioned whether he could have thrown for four touchdowns in that first preseason game. I think Vic all along was going to go too. Eddie, and that's the problem, but it would, what, what could he have done? Let me put a pin in that just for a second,
2: Michael, bro, you have been on fire back to back nights, one on the huddle up podcast, other one on uh dove Valley deep divers. And then also I believe mile high insiders, but on the Thursday and Friday night shows throwing down record stars for the show love you appreciate you you demand good to see you um what could drew could drew lock have done anything i don't know maybe uh in the same way that it kind of felt like he dominated his one preseason game maybe there just wasn't enough of that uh in practice and in the meeting rooms and all the little side things that happen in a in an nfl building where coaches are providing feedback to the head coach and you know cuz they meet every day anyone that's watched uh, hard knocks as an example I mean the coaches get together especially during the roster shaping period of training camp in the preseason to kind of hash out everything the the coach and the, whoever the decision makers are offense coordinator defense coordinator head coach these guys want constant uh debriefs on what's going on with their guys and the guys on the bubble and the guys vying for key positions and this and that and the feedback going back to Vic from Mike Chula, from Pat Shermer, just obviously wasn't enough because Drew had a very, very, very good game one. Teddy had a good, I'll say very good, one very good. Drew, two very goods. Teddy, one very good. And then they made the decision. It wasn't enough. I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe you're right. There was nothing he could have done, but I, I think it was the details. One thing Vic talked about a lot when the decision was made in the immediate aftermath was Teddy's intangibles and his leadership charisma. And, you know, you could see that out of the gates. That was going to be something Drew was always going to have a hard time overcoming because, I mean, you know, Teddy's taking Garrett Bowles out to to, uh, eat one-on-one when they go on the road to that Minnesota game that that Drew started in preseason game one. I mean – little things like that it's like being a salesman anyone who's ever done an outside sales job in your life like you kind of have to be creative and I've done them all right especially when I was a young buck in college and just out you know you got to kind of be creative and what am I willing to do that my competitor is not quite willing to do and just little things like that people respond to it Garrett Bolscher as heck responded to to Teddy
1: Yeah, until he fell apart midseason, And Teddy's leadership oozed in those wins against powerhouses like New York, Jacksonville, and the Jets, (laughs) Chad. So this is the thing with Teddy. It it was never Drew Locke's job to win. It was Teddy's to lose. And in Vic Fangio's eyes, there was nothing Teddy could have done short of getting hurt. And even then, he had a brain injury. He couldn't walk. He was limping, and they still thrust Teddy out there, refuse to play Drew. And I guarantee you, if they would have got clearance after that second Bridgewater concussion, they would have started him again. Vic Fangio would have toward the end of the year. Anything not to play Drew Locke. Um, Dave from Georgia,
2: who rocks the Let Him Hate t-shirt from HuddleUpPod.com, like a true boss. Stubbornly, optimistically, holding to the possibility. Nay. The eventuality of Drew, proving them all wrong. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, regarding <laughs> Merlot, <laughs> a.k.a. Lovely. Melvin Gordon. Love it, Dave. Unless he gives Denver a team-friendly contract, I don't see him in Denver next year. Do you guys think the guy from Georgia makes it to the third
1: or fourth round, James Cook, Zach? Zach? I mean, I don't know if he's going to fall that far. I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but the, I like the thinking here because I really wouldn't take a running back. Third round for me is even a little too early for my taste. I mean, they have Javante. They still have Mike Boone, who looked really good in his limited opportunities last year. Maybe Gordon comes back on a one-year contract, on a prove-it deal, you know, to uh, put his money where his mouth is. He wants to play for Nathaniel Hackett. He wants to play with Javante Williams for another season. So maybe he comes back for $5 million. But if not get a running back in the draft. You have your workhorse. Javante is the future. Javante the stud. Get a guy to supplement him, but you can get those guys in the fifth or sixth round. So um, if, if cook falls to the fourth, I'd pull the trigger, but I really wouldn't go uh, running back before that.
2: Based on NFL draft buzz. Uh, cook is the seventh. Let's see. One, two, three. He's the pardon me. Eighth ranked running back in the class. So the way you see the dominoes kind of start falling in the draft is, you know, that probably puts him late round two, early round three, round four, probably not, but he can change a lot of that through the combine. I mean, he, he's clocked right now as a 449. You know, if you can bump that up a few digits, uh, a few fractions of a second, that'll help your draft stock. James Hyatt in the house. Good to see you. Appreciate you. And welcome. That's not a name I recognize, Zach. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm getting too many cobwebs up, up between the ears. But <laughs> definitely he, not. He says, "I'm excited for the season. Let's roll, Broncos." Amen. But we got a long road left to hoe, man. We're just getting started in the off season here, sitting in uh, you know twentieth of
1: February. Yeah, this is the exciting part too, because we have the combine coming up, and then the start of the new league year with trades and free agent and signing, signings, and then we have the draft after that. So. Uh, We're in for a wild ride, and I can't wait for it. Honestly, Zach, it's only been really
2: the last maybe week, but I would say like half week where I find myself kind of going, "Man, there's no real news going on." We got to start getting a little bit. (laughs) I got the judge
1: Judy gif, you know, like yeah, let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's get the
2: quarterback guys. But we'll we'll get uh, through that little lull just in time for the combine, which starts not this week but next. And then there'll be tons to go through and buzz rumors uh, developments on the pre-draft trail. It's going to be a guess, Kevin, appreciate you again, my friend. This is super chat. Number two, he is throwing down. He says thoughts on Nathaniel Hackett, creating that instructional designer coaching position solid for so many new coaches. Yeah. I mean, new in the sense that new to the Broncos, young, inexperienced I mean, a lot of them are former college coaches. A lot of them are straight position coaches around the NFL. But what he's referring to, guys in case, and girls, in case you missed it, is they hired uh, John Vera is his name to basically coach the coaches. So he's going to be like a special advisor to Nathaniel Hackett. And if you can remember from Nathaniel Hackett's Hello Press Conference, he kind of made a point at multiple spots of talking about how, look, the landscape has changed. We are now coaching – the YouTube generation is what he called it, and so your approach has to be kind of catered to what that means. And basically, what it means is, you know, the the type of uh, the way kids of this generation learn, the way they assimilate information, take it in. Um, I mean, my kids, as an example, they they ch- freaking watch YouTube every chance I every every time I see them. Kid could be eating a bowl of cereal at the table and he's watching something on YouTube. My daughter loves watching YouTube for you know, reaction videos. I don't know. That's a thing. They were watching Minecraft dudes playing Minecraft, which (laughs) blows my freaking mind. Uh, but my, the point is though, my generation, all right, if you were watching anything, you'd watch a little uh, cable television or whatever. Mostly you were out doing, I was still from that generation. I'm pre-internet in terms of my real youth and childhood, you know, a class in 1998 for me. And so, you know we learned in the traditional sense this generation though these kids who are hitting the NFL out of college you know when they came of age we're talking mid teens through college it's the youtube generation and so it requires a new tact in, in hackett's estimation i think he's onto something in terms of how to reach them so this guy's here to help basically take what hackett his approach to how he has successfully reached these players in green bay and communicate that to the staff at large, because Nathaniel's going to be juggling a lot of things. He can't necessarily be coaching every single coach all the time. That's what this cat's going to (laughs) do.
1: Colin Wood says, Vic is still mastering the intricacies of the rotary dial phone. That made me laugh. Thank you for that, Colin. You know, know, but Chad, pre-social media was the golden age, as far as I'm concerned. When I was a kid, I didn't have YouTube. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have a ipad or an iphone you know i went outside and played ball until the street lights came on and then that's i right. came home and had dinner it was a much better time so uh, i don't know i forgot what we were talking about but uh well, we're just talking about the second. instructional designer that's right youtube generation it's it's basically yeah it's basically the information technology's job you know to, to help out some of the younger players with learning with the tablets they have and the ipads they use they don't have thick play laminate playbooks anymore. They have iPads that they hand out, has every play on there. So like you said, Nathaniel Hackett's juggling a lot as a first time rookie head coach. He can't handle everything. I like the move. Not too many cooks in the kitchen. This is a guy that's going to be in the background, but also helping out. I just like that
2: innovative uh, bent, you know, just trying new things. Uh, And obviously that just that mindset Hackett has um, of creativity and innovation resonated in a big bad way with george peyton eric weber in the house on facebook great to see you my friend thank you for the support and for being with us tonight he's adding to the conversation by saying good evening priests and mhh crew and all of broncos country the next couple weeks will be interesting hopefully we get a solid qb1 to lead us on a deep playoff run next season yes indeed and also shout out to you david uh he says whoever the new quarterback is Uh, whoever the new QB is in 100% confident the QB room will be, I'm 100% confident the QB room will be in good hands. Hackett plays to the strength of his players. Thank you, David. Love the t-shirt by the way, big dog, but yeah, Zach. So, you know, next week, not this week, next week, the quarterbacks will descend on Indianapolis and, you know, we'll get an up close look at them, not only in their workouts, but being able to talk to them you know, being in the same room, getting their vibe and stuff like that. And there will be buzz and what teams are kind of interested in this guy, that guy, the other, hopefully we hear something about a guy the Broncos maybe are kicking the tires on or are predisposed to we'll see. But I agree the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting.
1: Well, hopefully, because the NFL is instituting this stupid bubble because of uh, CV protocol. They're not really allowing anyone access to the players, so it makes it harder not only for the media and, and you know teams to get a feel on the players, but it's harder for the players to make their case for the draft and improve their draft stock. They're going to have to put put more emphasis on pro days now. So, yeah, the quarterbacks will be there, though, obviously, and the Broncos have been linked to every single one because George Payton has personally scouted every single major quarterback in this year's class. And if he likes them up close and he continues signing off, don't be surprised if they pull the trigger in late April. Josh with a top rope super chat. This
2: is the second time in, I don't know, two or three streams where he is throwing down, supporting the football priests here at MHH. Really appreciate you, Oi Boy, and my uh, my bro in punk rock. He says, evening gents, outside of the A-Rod bid, what mid-level QB do you see us making a hard push for, Cousins? Also, what game are you guys going to, if any, this season? I'll be back in Denver this year visiting some friends. Got to meet the priests. Yeah, uh, don't know for sure yet. We've got to see exactly how the schedule uh, you know, unfolds and the specific dates and what teams on those dates and all that. Uh, but we're planning on doing a minimum of one in Denver again uh, on the home turf probably early in the season kind of capture the initial uh, enthusiasm that we all will have for what's going on and then maybe another one later in the season but what's your answer here zach for for josh relative to a mid level
0: college can be expensive but saving now can help your students save later give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.
2: Quarterback. In other words, not Aaron Rodgers, not Russell Wilson, and maybe not Kyler Murray.
1: Uh, we are also we want to also do something for the draft, too, in uh, April, so keep your eyes peeled for that, Josh. But this is a perfect plug for me to talk about Coverman's Corner earlier today because I literally went through the top five scenarios for the Broncos at quarterback from best case like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to worst case, quote-unquote, in Drew Locke or a rookie quarterback. But who I had, just to give a little bit of that away as a preview – Um, I had Kirk Cousins as the not Aaron Rodgers, but not rookie quarterback uh, solution for Denver because of the familiarity, obviously, with George Payton and also now Clint Kubiak, the new quarterbacks coach. I just won't do it. I don't care if they give him away for a third round pick. He has a forty five million dollar salary cap hit for twenty twenty two, which is his walk year as well. He has a $35 million base salary, way, way, way too much. I'm only taking that on if you're giving me Patrick Mahomes, not Kirk Cousins. He's a top 12 quarterback as far as I'm concerned. You can win regular season games with Kirk Cousins and this Broncos roster, but the question is, is he the guy to get you over the hump? Is he the guy to win you playoff games? That's all that matters. I know the Broncos haven't been back to the playoffs, but winning playoff games and stacking Lombardis is the ultimate goal in the NFL. Kirk Cousins, to this point, hasn't been that guy in his career. You can question whether he be that guy in Denver, but it's more realistic necessarily than maybe a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Well said. Well
2: said, my friend. Josh, I look forward to that time, though, when we finally get to meet you and we'll uh, we'll talk some music and have a good old time along with uh, footy ball. I see uh, Sam Bam jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. You, Seriously, means a lot means a lot he's saying hello hope all is well yes indeed it is go broncos i see a couple guys mentioning hey is clements the quarterbacks coach the packers just hired to try and entice Rodgers to stay see also the former cfl quarterback yes he is tom clements is a former player uh north of the 49th parallel look who it is it's leaf roebuck in the house what's good bro everything fellas i rolled in uh everything everything fellas that's what's good. He already answered. He saw into the future and knew I was going to say that. Thanks, dude. You're clairvoyant. Says, I rolled in late, so apologies if you've discussed this, but isn't Rodgers a free agent next year? Why give the Packers the mother load this year when you can just pay the man next year?
1: Um, Let me double-check that. Well, I mean, first of all, giving you're pretty much securing Aaron Rodgers, so you don't have to bid against any other team. You're giving up that... Crap load of draft capital to be the exclusive new owner of Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, the the debate is whether that mother load is worth it. And if also the Packers are willing to even have the conversation. Uh, Reportedly, they're not even picking up the phone when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. So could be a long ways away. So
2: here's Rodgers 2022 under contract. But then 2023, his base salary shows void. I'm not sure exactly, Scott might know this. Um, But he is under contract through 23, so you're looking at 24 when he is probably poised to be a true unrestricted.
1: But he's 41,
2: by the way. Yeah, by then he's. You want to talk about long teeth and gray beards? You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot on a rod, and while he still has that fire in the belly, and he's still young enough to play at a even approaching MVP level. And I have no doubt if he opts to continue playing whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere like Denver Zach he's well, got another i i say 2 to 3 years of play that is at worst a facsimile of what we've seen the last 3 years so you know but with with players it's takes it's a little bit more of a slower decline toward the end in a lot of cases but eventually that cliff gets uh confronted because father time is undefeated Tom Brady may perhaps be in the only one notwithstanding but Two to three years. So, two of those would be consumed, Zach, if you wait till he's no longer under contract in Green Bay.
1: It's this year or never for Aaron Rodgers. You got to make the play now. And he's going to require a new contract, not a four-year, five-year deal, but a two-year deal more than likely that has maybe a void year tacked on to the end for financial purposes. And the good thing there, you mentioned him being under contract. He had a $46-plus 1000000 salary cap number. If you extend him, you can chop that in half. You can divvy that up for future years. So it actually would be more beneficial if you pay him 45 a year on a new deal because you can lower the salary cap hit. By the way,
2: as uh, very true, by the way, as we say hello to Claude and appreciate you, Claude, for all your support. I can't do the share screen because of this new device. I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work so you guys see what you need to see. But I can at least tell you right now in the month of February, we are on the 20th day of the month and we are 80 percent complete to our goal of reaching 250,000 stars when we reach the goal. We're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that raffle to have some tickets in the hat are those who helped contribute to the goal. And right now, if the contest ended, Michael Ronquillo, Zach, by a mile, would have the most tickets in the hat. Number two, though, would be Jacob Foster, Mark Schrader, Travis Tarbox, Rodney Garcia, Lawrence Rivera, Pete Middleton, Miguel santis Joshua Mize, and Andrew Baker round out the top 10. And then just outside are guys like Travis Weber, Andrew Lampy, GLP, Phil McLaughlin, and many more that will have uh, a fair number of tickets, as it were. It's a randomly selected deal. But right now, it's looking like uh, the overwhelming majority
1: of those tickets are going to be Michael, the legend himself, Ron Quixote. And you know what? He's unbelievable what he does for every single podcast and then gets on Twitter and wishes us a good show. He's, he's the ultimate uh, supporter. So we definitely appreciate you, Michael out there in uh, Tucson.
2: Yes, we do. All right, let's see. We're at uh, 35 minutes. We still got a little bit of time left here. Let me see what other topics are on y'all's mind. Um, What happened to Juwan James, Sue and the Broncos for it's to my knowledge that has not yet been resolved. I'm sure uh, when it does get resolved, uh, duped plebs, <laughs> uh, we, will, we will be able to report that for you. So well, up
1: to this point, it's still in the wind. After that happened, though, didn't he land with Baltimore? So it kind of like offset whatever lawsuit he had against him. I, it was, I think it's frivolous, honestly. I don't know if that's going to hold up, but I haven't heard. Uh, look, you got
2: hurt outside team uh, facility and team functions. What was he doing? It was a back, a pickup game, right? Or am I confusing oh, that now with Ryan Clady? Was it? Or was he working out outside the facility? That's what it was. He was working out. You're right. It happened he to somebody else, out. too. It happened to um... Deshaun. That's right. Damn. Hamilton. Um, really? And so his argument, for what it's worth, guys, just steel manning his position here is look, because of the pandemic, they were telling us you can't come to the facility to work out but basically without mandating it, we're making it known. We expect you to work out on your own and stay in football shape. That's what I was doing when I got hurt. Pay me. It should be no different than if I was in, uh, you know, the gym at at UC health training center, but the Broncos, because of the history and the water under the bridge with Juwan, were like, yo loophole, you're out and we're not even going to lose any sleep over it. And look, depending on your view of things, you know, he kind of got more than his fair share yes, from the yes, Broncos yes. for nothing. nothing. I mean, anyway.
1: That's what I was going to say. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it again, I totally forgot about that with Juwan James. And now that I'm really rethinking about that, the, the gall that man has after stealing millions upon millions of dollars for like, what, 67 snaps overall, and then he supposedly quit on his team when he could have played when he was finally healthy. What was it? A whoopee cushion, Chad, coming out of <laughs> Miami. That was his uh, moniker, and he lived up to every Like that. That's
2: right. That's what it was. Black Knight, a.k.a. Jeremy, who has been on this show for a superstar segment. We might have to uh, reprise that. Get you back on 2022, Big Dog. He says on Twitch, one, in order to get the capital to get Rodgers, the Broncos have to trade back from the nine overall to a team near the 20s. They can grab two first rounders. They can use those picks to trade with Green Bay and get Rodgers. I don't know about that particular math, but there was an interesting article. I don't really want to run through it all because it's pretty analytical um, from Thomas Hall over the last couple of days. I think actually it published Friday um, that he lays that makes the case, Zach, that if it takes two twos or pardon me, two ones. And two twos, I think is what his argument was either way, the value of those picks actually ends up favoring the Broncos relative to what you could expect the Broncos to get with those picks. If they didn't trade for Rodgers, or in other words, what are the odds that they hit on a player based on NFL hit rates in the first round? And also look this year. So if you're looking at it, Zach, as from the green Bay Packers position this year, yeah, you would get a top 10 pick from the Broncos next year, though, that pick that they gave you in the first round for Aaron Rodgers in 2023 probably going to be late 20s so it almost starts devolving back closer to a second round value in terms of what it's worth because Aaron Rodgers by virtue of being on the Broncos if he's healthy they're a lock for the playoffs so they're going to be in that 24 and up range in the or down I should say range in the first round just food for thought
1: I think they have plenty of capital now. You have a first round pick, you have two twos, you have two threes, and you have yep. future picks. I don't think it's gonna take more than two first round. I'd be surprised, honestly, if it goes for three first rounders, because I think Green Bay is gonna ask for a high-level player back in that deal. Whether it's Jerry Judy or whether it's Bradley Chubb or maybe even PS two, which I wouldn't I don't know that I give up PS2 and all that, but that's another story. But they have the capital now if they want to make it happen. It's all about the availability. Is Rodgers coming back? Is he Does he want to leave Green Bay and is Green Bay willing to trade him? Those three dominoes have to fall first before anything else. Here we have uh, Super Chatter
2: referencing, just in the YouTube handle alone, two of my favorite things. Number one, Trash Panda 5150, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hands down, easily, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the best Marvel movie. I'm not a big superhero. Like This might sound weird. I'm a huge Star Wars guy, huge fantasy guy, love Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. Superheroes have never really done it for me. I mean, I remember being a kid in the 80s with the original Superman uh, films with Christopher Reeve. I liked those, but they didn't make me go crazy like Star Wars did as a kid. But Guardians of the Galaxy, dope. Love that. That was the one where like, I'll, I'll turn it on and watch it. My wife falls asleep or something. you know. I'll turn it on and watch it till I fall asleep. But 5150 as well? If this Sports Illustrated banner were to be dropped right now behind me, uh, this shoulder, you'd see a 5150 50-watt amplifier from, of course, courtesy of the late, great Eddie Van Halen. Thank you, Trash Panda, for the super chat. I keep seeing all this talk that A-Rod is the Broncos' top priority. I still have yet to see a verified source saying this other than rumors. I could be wrong and missed it. Anyone got that info? Zach, you wrote up the whole
1: uh, Hackett pushing hard thing. You uh, you answer this one. It's common sense and I appreciate the super trash, Panda. Um, it's it's just common sense. I mean, obviously they hired his former OC, who Aaron thinks very highly of and Nathaniel Hackett. They hired his former tight ends coach and Justin Outon, who's now the Broncos OC. It just it just makes a ton of sense. It's either he comes to Denver or he stays in Green Bay. That's pretty much the only two choices, and everyone and everything is linking the Broncos to Aaron for good reason. So um I don't know that there's like an explicit, it's ever come out of his mouth, Aaron, directly. I mean, the closest we got, Chad, was we'll see at that golf invitational when a fan screamed to come to Denver. We never really heard him say, I'd be interested in coming to the Broncos. So all we have to go on is logic, common sense, and the rumors.
2: By the way, guys, you break our hearts. You let us down. If you're even watching two minutes of this video on YouTube or Facebook and you don't like the video, Take care of that for us real quick, and then let's continue the combo. We'll wait. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Zach, the source, by the way, from that article, a cat by the name of Brendan Sugru, Sugru of the USA Today reported, quote, this is Kelberman, uh, circa February 15th, five days ago. USA Today's Brendan Sugru reported Monday that new Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett has, quote, told members of the team He is pushing hard to reunite with the four-time NFL MVP via a blockbuster trade this offseason. So, you know, are we talking Adam Schefter? No, but, you know, it's, it's a source. But to your point, though, Trash Panda 5150, it still is in terms of verified this, that, or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's all rumor, speculation, conjecture. Purported. I mean, we keep throwing these words out. That's what it is. But Zach is 100% correct. I mean, you don't have to be uh, Sherlock Holmes or Albert Einstein to deduce after him trying to force his way out of Green Bay last year and holding exactly. out that if he's he wants out, probably still. And if he wants out and you're surveying the NFL and Nathaniel Hackett, who he, quote, loves like a brother, is now calling the shots in Denver – Saw Peyton Manning wreck shop when he went there. Sign me up. You know,
1: makes sense. Plus, like, maybe it's the Mandela effect kicking in, but weren't the Broncos, like, this close to landing Aaron supposedly before the draft last year? According to uh, Mark Schlereth. Everyone. Even Shepherd was reporting at the time. So where there's
2: smoke, there's fire. I'm a firm believer in that. And Schlereth, guys, you know, he's a color commentary guy on TV. Plus, he has one of the most successful morning shows in on the entire radio shows, on the entire NFL landscape relative to ratings and Emmys and all that stuff. He's not a guy that goes out on a limb to break a report, lest he has something uh, concrete. Like, that's just not his back. He's an analysis guy. He's not, hey, I'm trying to beat my guys to a scoop guy. That's not him. So for him to put that out there, I think he, his source was right in that, they were this close, but at the 11th hour, Green Bay just said, no, nah, dude, we're we're backing out. We're, we're going to live to fight another day on this and hope cooler
1: heads prevail. And then came Teddy. <laughs> and that was the start of the end. Appreciate you, Michael Ronquillo. You are definitely atop the leaderboards for good reason. It's, it's for comments like these as well. Great show tonight, Chad and Zach on the Mile High Huddle. Go Broncos. Appreciate you, Michael. Once again, you are tremendous. Yes, you
2: are, dude. Much love to you. Uh, reconsider. He's he's not sure he wants to come on the show, but we'd love to have you on. Like we talked about earlier with Christian, we'll settle you in. It's not as um, daunting as it might sound. Josh again, and then Scott, there's a 655 from Albert Knoppers I want to grab. Uh, boy, 90 rocking his um, USA Net Gator and a Ramones T-shirt, like a true OG, says, on the defensive side of things, do you guys see anybody – Uh, worth going after in free agency? Also, what defensive positions should we invest in early to get our defense back to being greedy? So there was a word you mentioned last week, Zach, that resonated with me relative to the defense, and that is active. You need a defense that is not only stymieing and confounding quarterbacks. I mean, that's a big part of it, but active. What does active mean? You're affecting the play. You're affecting the ball. You're sacking the quarterback. You're stripping the ball. Uh, you're punching the ball out at the second level. You're picking off passes. So you've got one really good corner that's adept at picking things off by the name of Patrick Sertan the second. What you're lacking right now are bona fide dudes on the edge that can create chaos in the backfield. So if I'm looking at the draft for defense, I'm looking hard at edge. I'll probably draft two edge rushers, dude, like in my top 100 picks, and I got five of them. Is it five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five top, top 100 picks for the Denver Broncos uh, that's how i kind of start trying to uh, engineer a more active defense for Edgerow
1: uh, Everett. And you might want to look at uh, the, the Rams free agents that are coming out on defense because he might want to reunite with one of them on a, maybe a, a lower term deal, but um you, just, you know, you mentioned active. I've mentioned active, Chad. There's one guy in free agency that an outside guy the Broncos might want to look at by the name of Randy Gregory, and he might get a huge deal. He might remain in Dallas, but that guy took over games last year, and I know it's easy when you're playing opposite Micah Parsons and you're playing in front of Travon Diggs and the rest of that Dallas defense, but he can get after the quarterback. He is explosive off the edge, and that's exactly what they need. Uh, Because Bradley Chubb hasn't been cutting it. I don't think Jonathan Cooper, for as much as I'm a fan of his, he's not that game-changing future all-pro they need there. So Randy Gregory is a guy that I would look at, but I'm right there with you, Chad. If they don't go quarterback or tackle at nine or anywhere in the first round, to me, it's got to be an edge. Uh,
2: By the way, as I just mispronounced his name, I thought, you know what, I'm going back to the press release because thank God the Broncos have a really good PR department that spell it out for us in the media how to pronounce names that might be a little more tricky than uh, the, at, at first glance anyway. Ejiro Evero. Ejiro Evero. That's how you say this cat's name, by the way. I'm
1: over here calling him Elijah and stuff. Like I can't. Yeah. I haven't gotten used to it yet. I'm sure he will forgive.
2: Albert Knoppers, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. He says, it seems that Clint Kubiak, Denver's new passing game coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, is looking forward to working with Locke. Yeah, I mean, he was careful not to get too ahead of himself in terms of like, you know, anything that would reveal plans or anything that he would say that would then um kind of uh what's the word? delegitimize a move that might come. So in other words, hey, I don't know if we're going to get Aaron. I don't know if we're going to get any other quarterback including the draft. So I'm going to say things that are are tr- perhaps true but relatively evergreen in terms of they apply whether he ends up being our starter or not. And the Cliff Notes version, to paraphrase, was talked about how much he really liked him as a prospect coming out in 2019. Scouted him back when he was with the Vikings, and that he talked about Drew has a uh, is one of those quarterbacks in the league with the rare combination of arm strength, arm talent, and athleticism, and that he's looking forward to seeing what you know they can accomplish together. So, for if, in case you missed it, that's basically what Kubiak said. And we have
1: a write-up, Albert, on the site at milaheddle.com. There's a good article about that. But, um, you know, he mentioned Drew Locke. He has tools, and he mentioned his arm strength and this and that. Those things were never in question, though. One thing he didn't mention was um, his processing, his decision-making, his consistency. Those are the things plaguing Drew. Reading defenses, if he gets those things down and lets his physical talents take over, you have a starting quarterback. So a lot of it was coach speak. I would say it's what else is Clint Kubiak going to say about the only Broncos quarterback under contract for 2022. He just got here. Drew locks already in the building, but it's a stronger endorsement already from this Nathaniel Hackett regime than anything drew lock got in the Vic Fangio era. So it's worth noting. Well said. Gabriel is uh,
2: taking exception to me saying guardians. One is the best Marvel film. Look, if you were to make the argument based on, like, overall critical merit, which one is the best, I can I could at least understand your argument for Iron Man 1. It's a great movie. It's sparked the whole Marvel universe, but for the kind of cat I am that wants a little funny with my action, wants a little uh, emotional resonance with my action, you can't come close to, in terms of the Marvel universe, what uh, Guardians, but the Last Thor movie, what was it? Ragnarok. That was close. Guardians Two, is the second
1: best in in Marvel canon for what it's worth. And I don't like these movies, but I like that one. Yeah, I was gonna say you're talking to the wrong guy. I just, I'm pretty boring. I like sports. You know, I watch the occasional show on Netflix every now and then, but I never got into the superhero stuff. I do like Robert Downey Jr., though. Really good actor.
2: I have to see them all. I have teenage sons. When Marvel Here. comes out, dad, dad, dad. Yes, fine, let's go. I've seen them all in the theater. And uh, like I said, when I'm on my left to my own devices, I don't think, oh, now I'm going to turn on a nice little Marvel movie. No, but if I do, there's one exception, and that's Guardians 1 for, for what it's worth. Um, let me get that off the screen here. All right, guys, we're about out of time. Uh, Zebulon says, honestly, if it's going to happen, I much prefer a Hackett-Rogers combo over a... Fangio-Rogers combo, LOL. Rogers would have only prolonged Fangio's stay. Yeah, but so look play, at it like this. Look at it like this. I'll just play devil's advocate. I get it. Fangio's defense never quite blossomed in his three years, um, but it took year, let's see, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, 18. It took year four for his defense to blossom fully for everything to come together in Chicago. So maybe it would have been this next year that it really popped and you got the active results that we were talking about earlier. But Aaron Rodgers putting pressure on opponents with points early on might have actually made Vic Fangios look like a freaking genius. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying it would have been, but we'll never know. And perhaps
1: that's a good thing. Maybe Vic would have actually earned the defensive mastermind moniker, Chad, because he certainly didn't earn it, in my opinion, last year. I never really considered that, though. If they would have pulled off the trade last year, and what was the last year under Fangio and Pat Shermer, maybe a winning record would have been enough for George Payton to keep Fangio around. And those are the domino effects we're, we're always talking about. And it's, things happen the way things happen. There are no coincidences and the Broncos the best case scenario might play out. They got rid of Fangio. They got Nathaniel Hackett and they might still add Aaron on top of that. So we'll see Uh divine foo.
2: Congrats to drew Locke on his engagement. Good. Yes, indeed. Drew locks getting hitched y'all congrats to, uh, to the big dog
1: you think vick's to be the best man or no
2: <laughs> no but teddy for sure and i say that jokingly but i wouldn't be surprised honestly drew loves teddy bridgewater dude he might have a you know a freudian level of uh resentment but man any chance he was broached about teddy he would gush about him um guys before we get out of here josh says the best marvel film ever is blade no contest and while yes technically that is a marvel property that predated the true Marvel studios as we know it today. So uh, Iron Man one kicked off the modern Marvel uh, cinematic universe, but I'm with you in that, that first blade movie in particular, very, very good. Wesley Snipes. That was a good flip flick. Good actor too. Um, Not so good with his money, (laughs) Nah, but Hey, puts good stuff on tape though. So I enjoy it. Indeed. As uh, Dylan says here, guys, don't forget to like the button. (laughs) Hit the like button. No, no, no. Don't forget to like the like button. Okay? Like it a lot. Like it so much that you smash. Smash that that button. button. Smash it. Show it some love. You want to run us out of here and I will uh, pull up the, the shout outs?
1: Yes, sir. That was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us on this Sunday evening. We're back on tomorrow, same time, same place, six o'clock Mountain, eight o'clock Eastern. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter. At Scout Kennedy. He went kind of dark on us, Chad. If you haven't, guys, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merch like Chad. I saw a comment that asked, uh, where can you get the hat that Chad's wearing? Right there, huddleuppod.com. A lot of goodies at that store. Feel free to browse and enjoy our uh merchandise right there. And Facebook.com slash mylihuddlepod Hit that big blue button. Uh where'd the other one go? Because I'm skipping <laughs> skipping past one. Uh, don't worry about that. Facebook.com/slash/mila huddle though we had the Helberman's corner go up earlier today VIP uh, program and we have Broncos book club with Chad and also trickle zone with Eric trickle uh, Facebook.com/slash/mila huddle again join subscribe and join us there and Facebook.com/slash/mile high huddle probably got two Scots now scott going on. If you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave Your Football Priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things, guys. Please subscribe, like, and share this video and every single video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Indeed. And guys like James
2: going the extra mile, listening and enjoying on YouTube, but taking the time to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave that five-star. Appreciate Thank that. James. Very, very much, my friend. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook Andrew Baker finishing the night on top, followed by Claude Riley, Howie Frickin' Day in the Frickin' House, David Wilder, Michael Ronquillo, Leaf Roebuck, Eric Weber, and then our super chat superstars tonight Kevin Vinn, Christian De Jesus, Dave from Georgia, James Hyatt, Sam Bam, Josh the Oi Boy, and let us not forget last but not least, Trash Panda. near and dear already, to my heart anyway. As Zach mentioned, guys, can't wait to see you tomorrow. Monday kicks off a new work week in the NFL business. We'll see what kind of news the wire might have for us tomorrow, kind of buzz and rumors. Look forward to seeing you 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m.
1: Eastern. Don't forget Broncos for breakfast on the bright 7.30 a.m. Mountain. Have a great rest of your weekend, guys. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org register. Honey, Jane just told me how much she paid for Bob's funeral. I was shocked. I hope we'll have enough to pay for our final expenses so we don't burden the kids. Don't worry, Susan. We have protection through Gerber Life. Last year, I signed up for their Guaranteed Life Insurance. It's a whole life insurance policy that helps with final expenses, such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts. When did you do that? I don't remember taking a medical exam or answering any health questions. That's because we didn't. With Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, coverage is guaranteed regardless of health. And best of all, our premiums won't increase over time. I have to tell Carol about this. Just tell her to text INSURE to 30555 and answer four easy questions to get a free personalized quote instantly. Remember, tell her to text INSURE to 30555.